It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And that brought us to this season, his fourth year of control. So year one, disaster after Memorial Day. Great for two months. No one denies that. Disaster. 2020, I didn't think was good despite his low ERA. 2021, much better. Not great. Still don't trust him, but probably a top four closer in all of Major League Baseball. And that brings us to 2022. When Edwin Diaz did the reverse Julius Randle, he did the impossible. He went from not trusted, I'll boom as soon as he throws ball one, to holy crap, this guy's awesome. And what's funny is that when you look at 2022, this historically good season that Edwin Diaz had, a 1.31 ERA, 118 strikeouts in 62 innings, which is really absurd. But when you go back and look at this season, there were moments early in the year in which Edwin Diaz was typical. He was typical. They go to Arizona, and what does he do? He gives up a game-tying home run and blows a save. The good news is the Mets won. So we're able to move on from that. Middle of May, goes to St. Louis, blows a save, walks a couple of guys. But you know what? They won the game, so we're all good. We're okay, he's blown a couple of saves. And then Edwin Diaz would blow a save for the final time in the season, a game that drew me nuts. And that was that game against the Giants where the Mets ended up losing 13-12. It was a very, very late game. They were actually getting blown out in this game. It was one of those accepted losses where you said, okay, it's 8-2 to two in the 7th, we're going to lose. It's 8-4 to four going into the 8th inning, we're going to lose. And then they came back and took the league. That was the Jock Peterson game where Jock Peterson just kept hitting home runs. And Edwin Diaz got a huge double play with a one-run lead to get it to two outs and nobody on. And I, you know, Edwin Diaz is going to save this game. It's going to be an incredible performance. And then he gave up a single two. I don't, I don't want to do this. He gave up a walk and then a single to Darren Ruff. He did. It was a single to Darren Ruff. And then he gave up back-to-back hits to Jock Peterson and Brandon Crawford, and they lost the game. And it was a very frustrating loss. It was a very typical Edwin Diaz-blown save because they won the game. There's two outs, nobody on. He gets this huge double play. Game's over. And Edwin admits after the game, I lost concentration. After the double play, I thought the game was over. And he was wrong. He gave four straight guys got on base, and he blew the save. But here's what's amazing, and here's where I give Edwin Diaz so much credit. And I didn't realize this about him, but we have. He took that game against the Giants, this horrible blown save against the Giants, and basically announced to the world, I am never blowing another save again. And that was his last blown save of the season. It happened in May, and he was locked down after that. 
And there were a few things Edwin did in 2022 that I never thought he'd be able to do. Number one, he sort of proved he didn't give a crap what people thought about him or how people booed him or how he was treated because Met fans hated Edwin Diaz. And he sort of let it all roll off his back. And we make such a big deal these days about players being offended that they're booed or, oh, booing is so wrong. Well, there are guys, and I'll give the Yankees credit, Giancarlo Stanton specifically with him, and I'll give Edwin Diaz credit, who've heard the boos. They've heard loud boos, and they never were offended by it, and more importantly, never let it bother them. And Edwin Diaz, after that blown save against the San Francisco Giants, authored the most dominant closing season we've ever seen from a Met closer. And he did it in every single way. He blew you away. And then if he had some struggles and he put a couple of guys on base, he would always make the best pitch or the better pitch to get you out. He really authored a marvelous season. And then the other thing he showed was the ability to be used in any situation. For so many years when I would scream on the air about, I think we should use relievers differently. One of the retorts I'd always get from old school fans, and I think I'm old school to a degree, would be, oh, you can't do that. They know their roles. I'm a ninth inning guy. I'm an eighth inning guy. I'm a seventh inning guy. And my retort would be, well, they're taught that. If a manager only uses them in the eighth inning, then they become an eighth inning guy. But if you tell your relievers, I'm going to use you when I use you, maybe they don't get caught in that mindset of I can only pitch the eighth. I can only pitch the ninth. I've heard that about closers for years. You can't use Billy Wagner in a tie game. Why? He's a freaking major league pitcher. Go get guys out. I heard that about Mariano Rivera when he would struggle at times. Can't use Mariano in a tie game. Excuse me? A tie game at home? I can't use the best pitcher in the history of baseball as a closer because, oh, it's a tie game? It's stupid. And Edwin Diaz proved in 2022, if I'm locked in, it doesn't matter if it's the eighth inning against the Dodgers. It doesn't matter if it's the ninth inning against this team. I'll get guys out. And Buck Showalter, I thought, did it brilliantly. He deployed him, you know, not in all situations, because that would be an overstatement, not until the playoffs when we got desperate. Uh, but during the regular season, eighth inning, ninth inning, I'll use you because you give us the best chance to get people out. And that's why, part of why, it's not the only reason, why Edwin Diaz is impossible to replace. Because not only did he author a dominant closing season in which you hope he can at least come close to doing again, Edwin Diaz showed you what Andrew Miller showed the world half a decade ago. You can use me whenever. You can use me whenever. And in a contract year, Edwin Diaz didn't give a crap because we've evolved. We don't care how many saves he has. Does it matter how many saves Edwin Diaz had? What if I told you a story? And that story said, hey, Edwin Diaz saved as many games in 2022 as 2021. He did. Now, does anyone dumb enough to think he was as good in 2021 as he was in 2022? Of course not, because you watched him. Saves the totality of saves. And oh, by the way, in 2022, the Mets won 100 games. And in 2021, they didn't. They won 20 plus less games as a team. He saved the same amount of games. He threw the same amount of innings. It didn't matter. 
because he was deployed in all situations and it worked. Not all situations, you know what I mean? In multiple situations and it worked. And a lot of closers can't do that. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So that's the story of Edwin Diaz. In his fourth year in a contract year, he put it all together. An author, the most dominant season we've ever seen from a closer. And even when the Mets got eliminated and Buck Showalter's using him in the seventh inning, he was fine. I know we ended up giving up a two-run single, but it was with inherited runners. No one blames Edwin Diaz for the Mets' failures against the Padres. No one does. No one blames Edwin Diaz for the failures against Atlanta. We look back and say our biggest regret is we didn't get to use him. We didn't get to see Edwin Diaz with a one-run lead in the ninth inning of a playoff game. And that sucks. You know, sometimes you wonder, did you waste Jacob DeGrom's prime when the Mets were terrible in 18 and 19? I'm sure Yankee fans are wondering, did we just waste Aaron Judge's 62 home run season? And so, yeah, there's a fear. Did we just waste this dominant closing season that Edwin Diaz gave us? And now we get to free agency. And I just talked him up in a big way. It sort of means he's going to end up with the most lucrative contract a closer has ever seen. And very differently than when the Wilpons owned the team and the Mets made the trade for Edwin, that shouldn't be a problem. It really shouldn't. I can't give a closer $100 million. Why? Our owner has the money to do it. And as much as Jacob DeGrom means the world to me, and he does, in terms of replacing guys, Edwin Diaz may be the most irreplaceable guy. Now, the one thing about closers, sometimes they come out of nowhere. And so there may be a guy, our next great dominant closer, not for the Mets, but in Major League Baseball, that you just don't see coming. But that's tough to predict. It really is. You can't rely on something like that. But I think when you look around baseball and you look how difficult it is to capture that dominant closer, you can't let him go. And I think that's the spot Edwin Diaz is in right now. They cannot let him go. But let's talk money. Is there a price off where you'd say, oh, I can't pay Edwin Diaz that. I have to let him go. The Texas Rangers just offered him blah, blah, blah. You're you're talking to the wrong person because I'm Steve Cohen. I have all the money in the world. There is no <laughs> price too much for, for me. I'm going to get Edwin Diaz back in a Mets uniform. And, and, and by the way, you're going to have to accept, and we all are, that he's going to get a five-year contract. That's the record amount of years a closer's ever gotten. Can he get a sixth year? Maybe he can. But let's just say because five is that benchmark that a few closers have hit, he's going to get five years. Okay, we'll accept that the last year of that contract may not be good. Maybe the last two years of that contract may not be good. I would need three of the five to be really good for it to be worth it. I think that's the way you have to look at some of these contracts. Uh, so, yeah, I, I admit that the back end of this deal may not be great, but then you ask yourself something. He's 28 years old. 
Uh, he'll turn 29 right before opening day. So, okay, he's 29 years old. 29, 30, 31, 32. All right, 32's not crazy. You know, 33's not that crazy. And even though, yes, he throws incredibly hard and maybe the velocity will go down at some point, the nastiness of his slider, uh, I think Edwin Diaz can be an effective pitcher for the next half a decade. Evan, you keep on bringing up the back end of the contracts, back end of the contracts. Let me tell you something. Uh, right now, the way that this team is is formulated I don't know how much of a window they really have. Now, listen, you and I would like to think that this team is sustainable for many years to come and that they're going to find ways to get into the playoffs consistently and win championships and all that other stuff. But realistically, with Scherzer, do you have a window of more than three years? No. If you bring DeGrom back, who knows how long his arm's going to stay on. So, I mean, realistically, if you want to tell me Diaz might may only be good for three out of the five years, I'm saying, great. That's what we need him for. Yeah, the the only thing I disagree with you about is, yeah, their window in terms of the current roster starting pitching is very small. But I think their position players, when you look at the age of Pete Alonso, Francisco Lindor, even Jeff McNeil, I know he's not the youngest guy in the world, but I think he can be a good player for a while. And then the prospects, Francisco Alvarez, Brett Beatty, Brandon Nimmo, if you keep. Marte's a little bit older. I think most of the lineup has a bigger window. So yeah, I think when you specifically talk about window for this team, I'd say it, I phrase it this way. The construction of this pitching staff, the way it is right now is small, but I almost envision maybe in a perfect world that the Mets develop position players, specifically Alvarez, Beatty, Mauricio, assuming they're not traded. And then financially their investments when Scherzer and hopefully DeGrom's contracts run out would be to buy new starting pitching. And that would almost be the formula to succeed. You almost, I don't know if this is a perfect comparison, but the San Diego Padres rotation is all based on guys that they bought or traded for. Think about their big three. Blake Snell was a salary dump trade because Tampa Bay knew we're not paying him. They traded him away. Joe Musgrove was a keen trade. Hugh Darvish was a bought signing. So I think the formula, the Cubs certainly did it when they won the World Series in 2016, was let's build around a core of position players and then we'll buy the pitching. So I don't view the Mets as the window to win is only three years. I'd say the window with this group of pitching is three years and then hopefully it expires. The position players are good enough. You go buy new pitching. And with Diaz being your you know, the expensive reliever that he is, he doesn't like we just talked you just talked about how 2022 there were so many roles for him. It wasn't about just the safe situation. It was about a close game, the seventh, eighth inning, he came in. And why in three or four years, if he's not effective in that closer role, why can't he be effective in the seventh inning role? I know it's expensive to well, pay him to do that, but it's something to think about. He just needs to get people out. I look at it this way. If he gets people out at a high level, he can pitch whenever the hell we use him. Is <laughs> the way I'd views it, view it. 